This drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another new episode of Film on Tap. Our little hiatus is at last coming to a close. And now me and Andres are on the East Coast. That's right, everybody. Andres has officially moved to Boston. He is an Eastern Standard Time, so now he understands why doing the show so late sucks. <laughs> so right. welcome to my world. Welcome Don't to forget. my world. West Coast is the best coast. Yeah, Nancy's still over there on the West Coast enjoying her, what is it, eight? 20 p.m. where you are. 8:20. I hate I you. I still have time to sleep well. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, enjoying yeah, all your yeah, hailstorms. Yeah, the, the the first snowstorms in 34 years, so you can enjoy that one. Uh, we're we're at least getting them consistently over here, and they're great. Uh, we're, we're not we're not getting like any snow. At least I'm not getting any snow in New York. We, we've got yeah, that's nothing. so weird. We we just got snow last night, so oh, all really? the way over in Boston, guys. So yeah, it might be a little different from Tom, who's over in yeah. New York. So mm-hmm. we're like in three quarters of the of the U.S. <laughs> right now. We're, we're just kind of slowly spreading out. Um, maybe but, maybe yeah. we just need a fourth. Uh, if you guys have seen the craft, maybe we need a fourth to call the corners all around the U.S. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how we slowly take over the world. It's just one state at a time. <laughs> but uh, it's it's nice to be back with the gang here. We got a plenty to talk about we've got a few big trailers to talk about we've got a big movie to talk about so without further ado let's jump into this thing now the first trailer we're going to be talking about today is a trailer that came out a while back but because of our little hiatus we didn't get a chance to jump on it and talk about it and we have to talk about it and it's the first big trailer for the flash which is being which is uh hitting theaters this summer it's the summer right and yep. yeah yeah, okay, June. the summer. Got it. Got it, June. Um, so we got our first big look at the movie, our best look at the movie yet. We've heard nothing but good things from, like, early screenings. You know, everyone's saying how good it is, and we finally got this first trailer. Let's talk about it. Let's start with Nancy over over on the West Coast. How, how do we feel about The Flash? Can you hear uh, us? What a news reporter. For, over on the West Coast. <laughs> no, no, you got to do the delay. <laughs> <laughs> So we've, we've got a reporter, Nancy, in the field. She's going to be telling us what she thought about uh, the Flash trailer. Nancy, are you there? We already did that joke. You can't repeat jokes. How dare you? I could do it. If, <laughs> we, 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 we've done so many jokes over we and over again. We did this bit already. This no. doesn't mean it's uh, not great. <laughs> wow, what a shit on my dreams. Who's shit in your cereal like, today? Listen, it's, it's late. late. It's eight. It's eight twenty-two. You fuck. Exactly. <laughs> it's eleven twenty-two. Eight twenty-two. It's eleven twenty-two over I'm, here. How dare I'm you? I'm thinking about you guys. That's what it is. Are I'm just though? being considerate. Are you though? And whatever. Just tell us what you thought. <laughs> I'm upset already. Uh, no, it looks really good. Um, oh man, I don't know how I'm so tired. I apologize. It's only I don't feel bad for you. Right <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I I got not a single ounce of sympathy. But, you know, I think the most iconic part of this trailer, obviously, is hearing the, I bet it. (laughs) And that did it for me. I was like, okay, cool. And Mm -hmm. I don't care about, well, I shouldn't say I care. I feel like I know there's a lot of people not wanting to see this movie because of Ezra Miller. And I feel like you shouldn't punish everyone else in the movie because of his dumbassery. And I'm still going to go see this movie and I'm still looking very You mean much their dumbassery? God yes. damn it. Yes. We always do it. We always do that. We caught it. You know what? You're right. At least we caught it this time. At least you yeah, caught we, we, it for me, Tom. I caught it. Yeah, it's yeah. all good. We're just taking care of each it. other here. Yeah. Anyway, yes, go on. They are 
a dumbass. <laughs> it's a nice correction, but still a really mean statement. Right, exactly. I'm sorry. They are. They're a dumbass. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, and seeing freaking, uh, gosh, what's her face? Supergirl? Is that it? Supergirl? Yes. Uh, no. Yeah, isn't it? Sarah, Sarah Kali, I think is her name. I know yes. she was just Google checking with, with you to she was just checking with you to make sure it was Supergirl. Oh yeah, it's I'm Supergirl. checking all of it. Yes. Okay. Uh, but yes, that was really I, cool. I yeah. I don't really have much more to say because I've seen the trailer I feel like 50 times since I first saw it. So other than it looks really good and I'm going to go see this freaking movie. How about you guys? Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Andres, how about you? Woo! After hearing so much about it for so long and finally getting a little bit of footage on it and getting a taste of what the action is going to be, you know, barring Ezra Miller's troubles in the past, to put it lightly, um, I truly think Andy Muschietti is one of those directors that, I mean, I loved Mama. I loved the first It movie. I really liked the second one. I thought it was a really strong conclusion. And just seeing what he's going to do with a character like Flash and from everyone who I've talked to who has seen the movie, they said that the movie is like, it's not, it's not like, it's not great. It's like Dark Knight levels great is what they're saying. And like, Jesus. Okay. E- e- and, and like, like saying it hands bar. down, it's, it's a high bar. But, but the other thing too, that's kind of like a little bit of a slap in the back on it is that it's the best DCU movie by a landslide. It's like, well, where's that right. bar? Well, really yeah, the bar at? is pretty low at this point. <laughs> But um, but everything everything I've he- I've heard so far has been overwhelmingly positive, and I think this trailer is very indicative of that. So truly, I think Andy Muschietti has probably delivered another hit on 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 his hands right now. And if this movie is as good as how people are saying it's going to be, or how, how how people are saying it is, I have no doubt that he's probably going to come into uh, James Gunn's DC DCU fold at some point in time. But Overall, I mean, come on, Michael Keaton as Batman is back, and just the, and just the fact that they that if you watch the trailer, even though even though like like he's like kicking ass and all this other stuff, if you look at if you look at the placement on him, they still kept the fact that he has the immovable head, so he's kind of stiffly still yep. punching people, like, and like and like yeah, I thought it was still great. I was like I was like okay, you're still. You're still paying homage to everything that happened previously, and you're yeah. not only using that as, as like as like a nice little wink, but you're also using that as like a way to sort of tip your hat to everything that has happened before, and also what the limitations that we the, the limitations of the suit from back then. But just going, you know what? He just still kept going on, and the only reason why he's not gotten killed is because he's Batman. But yeah. Michael Keaton as Batman was great. He was good. I was a little worried he was going to look like old man Batman or something. Yeah. Like it wasn't going to look great, yeah. but no, he looks well, good. Well, 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 you, well, like I remember when we had talked about this like over a year ago or so. Like when they were shooting, apparently Michael Keaton had asked the um, had asked the costume designers to just grab the original suit and see if he could still fit in the original suit from like 1993 and. Mm. Evidently enough, he's still in good shape and he still fit into the suit like a glove, and it was kind of hilarious. Like, oh, okay, all right, he's he's still got he's still got like the, the ultimate same. pat on the back. You're like, all right, I could still fit into the suit. There you go. I don't know why you that know. reminds me of Hook when he's like, uh, I, I can't remember if it's Captain Hook or someone says like, oh, you could still fit in those tights or something like that. <laughs> he's like way older. 
Oh yeah, yeah no, but I thought it was great though. So yeah, yeah. I mean, ah, uh, it, it's very like for me. I'm the kind of person that like if I know that someone's done some shitty things and they're like the lead in a movie, it's like I really have to try to like put the two aside in order to kind of like separate the actor from like the piece of art that they're they're in and i mean as a trailer like it gets me very excited i think it looks very cool it looks very grand in scope i love this flashpoint storyline is one of my favorite comic book storylines ever um to sort of see that in live action is pretty freaking great um and everything in this trailer just kind of clicks you know seeing ben affleck's batman again and how he kind of organically works into the story that's great seeing how keaton's batman you know welcomes into the fold here and feels natural doesn't feel like a sore thumb like he feels like oh yeah this seems right this feels good um and then seeing doubles of ezra miller like that's going to be there's going to be some fun interplay there and it looks like they're doing some fun things with that the action looks spectacular looks visually dazzling i mean well you're giving me a face what's the face sorry (laughs) sorry i i I, it completely flew over my radar oh my god michael shannon back as odd i've never thought in a million years we would see him not (laughs) twice but three times as zod i don't know (laughs) i don't know what's going on with this He's, he's he's really uh enjoying coming back again and again every time you think he's gone he comes right back <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah it's cool to see him again but yeah overall yeah, yeah. I, i'm you know i'm sold on the movie i'm very excited for it i think as a comic book fan it just looks like a lot of fun um but you know hopefully i'm able to kind of just put that stuff aside with ezra miller and just be able to enjoy the movie which i you, you, i feel like I'll, I'll be able to do that so i'm excited for it we're all excited for it so come june we'll definitely see if this movie is nearly as good as people say it is now we're going to be shifting gears to a couple Disney properties now. So we've got a new remake of The Haunted Mansion, which is hitting theaters this year. And we got our first teaser trailer uh, the other day. What did we think of this teaser trailer for Disney's new The Haunted Mansion? And how much do you love or love to hate the Eddie Murphy <laughs> Haunted Mansion from when you were growing up? Let, let, let's hear some thoughts. Anybody? I'll go first. Um, there you go. Yeah, I don't know. This I should love this movie or I should love this trailer. I don't know what it is about it, but everything just felt so artificial and it felt just so just kind of like for, for lack of a better word, it, it, it didn't feel haunted mansion-y to me at least. Like it it, it kind of felt like they got everything down sort of at a face value for it. But it didn't necessarily capture the spirit of what I think that property kind of should be. And, and, and even to a certain extent, even the Eddie Murphy movie, I have some faults and gripes with. But overall, I think at the end of the day, that one was a lot of fun. Whereas, I don't know, I, I kind of feel like this one's just very forgettable on my end. Like, like, I just watched the trailer before I came on with this. And i cannot recall like a single memorable moment that like stood in my head about this trailer unfortunately so that's kind of my thoughts on it who knows the movie might be good it just for me it's probably just not that good of a trailer that that's that's my perspective on that okay all right starting down the dumps nancy where are we taking (laughs) (laughs) um i think it's gonna be a fun kids movie i don't think it's gonna be to the success of like when you take the pirates of the caribbean you know, franchise no. what they did with like, let's take a ride and make it into a movie. I feel like they've been right. trying to do that ever since Pirates of the Caribbean. It just hasn't panned out. And there's also only so much you can do with the Haunted Mansion, I feel like. Uh, especially since they've already done a movie 
um, you know, there's only so, so many other ways that they can take it. Uh, that being said, I probably will see it because it has Lakeith Stanfield in it. I love Lakeith Stanfield. He's, like, amazing in everything he does. So mm-hmm. I'll probably still see it just for fun. But I think ultimately it's just going to par up to, like, a, a good kids movie. Okay. I, I feel like I guess I might be the only person who thinks this could be really fun. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. I, I d- <laughs> it's, it's 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 one it's one of those things where like like again again I, I'm 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 not saying it's I'm not saying it's going to be a bad movie I'm just saying no, I'm just, that's I'm just not surprised. that good of a trailer I'm I'm just surprised but, that like both of you were just so like you know uh so down on it I'm well, excited well, for it but I'll see it you know oh, it's yeah. one of those. Uh, Oh, yeah, I'll still definitely see it. And also, I'll, I'll be completely honest as well, too. I also have a little bit of bias because of the fact that Guillermo del Toro was on board for an adaptation of this for so many years. And Disney just did not want to touch any of his ideas. And well, because it's way too creepy. <laughs> well, well, it, it, it would, it would we be, all saw it would Pinocchio. Exactly, oh, yeah. Well, well, well Pinocchio is, like, is a very existential I mean, it was amazing. movie. And it was yeah. it was fantastic, but but that's one of those things where, where like with a properly like haunted mansion, especially if you go into the Disney ride, that is ripe for for just it being different. But sorry, Tom, go ahead. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well, I mean, Guillermo del Toro basically made his haunted mansion movie with Crimson Peak, and it was awesome. So <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love, love that movie. Love um, Crimson Peak. But uh, as for this trailer, like I went into it with extremely low expectations because I was like, oh, we're doing this again. Like, why? And then I I was pleasantly surprised that I'm glad that they're actually trying to make it look a little creepy and that it's not just going to be like this goofy Eddie Murphy style Haunted Mansion movie. Like they're actually trying to take it a little bit seriously while still having fun. Seeing Lakeith Stanfield, love it. I love him. And I think he's an underrated comedic actor. And I also, of course, love seeing Owen Wilson. I mean, I just I'll watch anything with Owen Wilson. And there's a couple (laughs) deliveries in this trailer that got me that no other actor could make me laugh with. <laughs> like, especially wow. at the end of, end of the trailer where they're like, you know, uh, it's like, I'm going to kill him. And he's like, they're already dead. He's like, well, they're about to be deader. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why that made me laugh. I was like, yep, if that's an Owen Wilson delivery that only he can make me laugh with. I love that. I think he's going to be a blast to watch. And I like some of the visuals. I think it looks kind of cool. And I definitely get that Haunted Mansion vibe. Like, I'm open to it. I'm hoping it's fun. Uh, it's not the best trailer in the world, but I was definitely more interested in the movie after watching it than, you know, going into it. So I say it did its job. But yeah, it could be good. It could also be terrible. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see when it hits theaters later this year. But speaking of Disney, they also just released a new trailer for their live-action Peter Pan movie called Peter Pan and Wendy from director David Lowery. And this is going to be hitting Disney Plus later on this year. We got our first trailer here. Um, yeah, let's talk about this one. Andres, you want to want to kick this one off? Yeah. Uh, it's it's supposed, to be, it's supposed to be coming to Disney Plus next month. It's... it's- I don't think it's, I realized it was supposed to be next month. Yeah, I don't think I realized yeah, that. That fast, huh? Yeah, if you're hiding a movie that late to its yep. release, it's it just shows you they don't have any faith. Disney's like, get and, rid of it, get rid of it, go, go, get, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, oh, goodness. And, and like, like, here's the thing is that apart from what all the trolls have been saying about this movie, I don't care about the race bending or any other stuff, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, the, the thing, the thing that I do, the thing that I do just have to take, not, not issue with, it just looks so, for lack of a better word, bland to me. Like, again, you take a director, like the director of The Green Knight, which was one of the biggest surprises of, 
of 2021 and you're just like oh man he's gonna get his hands on peter pan and oh man what's that gonna look like and it's like yeah it looks like neutered disney plus crap and like and and it's kind of sad too because like you know um just with the director that's attached and um what's her name uh mila yofovich's daughter who did who did a great job in black widow as uh as young Natasha and I, and the fact that she was going to play, um, she was going to play Wendy was very interesting to me. And this just kind of feels like, I don't know. It just feels like just get it out there, put out a Peter Pan movie to appease the audience, to appease the stockholders and all that other stuff about Disney. But really at the end of the day, who was asking for this movie? Because yeah. how many adaptations of Peter Pan have we gotten in like seven years? Because we got the small little indie movie that came out not too long ago. But the Jason Isaacs movie that me and my fiance were talking about not too long ago, that one was actually kind of fun. But I don't know. That's just such a weird bullseye to hit. And especially after the the the, the atrocity that was the Hugh Jackman pan movie as well, too. <laughs> that was a rough one. <laughs> yeah. God, and that was almost ten. And that, that was almost eight years ago too. But are anyway. you telling me that Jude Law as Captain Hook doesn't have you hooked? <laughs> is, that, is, that what, is that what you're telling me? <laughs> you know what? You know what would have me hooked would be um, Robert Downey Jr. playing playing the crocodile. That would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but but to really wrap it up on this, like yeah. <clears throat> Okay. Who cares? I feel like you should, that's, I feel like that's all you should have said. You just, <laughs> and then we would have gotten the hint. But what about you, Nancy? Where do you fall on this one? Um, I'm on the same page. There are so many adaptations of Peter Pan, like and me. I don't think for me anything will ever surpass Hook. It's such a unique take on Peter Pan that they did. It's like I feel like they need to be, if they're going to do another one, they need to do something that's different. Whereas this very clearly takes from the original and uh, pieces from the book, and I feel like. We're almost getting trolled. What are the fuck are you doing, Andres? Why is your eyeball so <laughs> close to my face right now? Sorry, I'm I'm I'm, I'm literally adjusting the cables right now. Audience, <laughs> audience, for for any for anybody that can't see right now, I'm in like I like to call it the Death Star of my condo right now. It's not fully functional just yet, so it's we're we're, we're trying to make do over here for your entertainment. I saw was. <laughs> Andres' eyeball, like right He's there. just keeping an eye on you. That's all. Perfect. He's just, he's, yeah, there you go. He's just keeping an eye. There you go. Yeah. Um, but I feel like almost like Disney is trolling us in the sense of everyone keeps complaining about how fucking dark their movies are, and they seem to be just keep getting darker. And I don't mean like metaphorically, like literally, they're visually just darker. Visually darker. <laughs> yeah. And like gritty, and it's like I don't, especially for a Peter Pan movie. Like I just feel like that's not the way to go. Whenever they go into Neverland, any remake that they've done, it's always been really bright colors and like really fun. And I feel like this just like pfft, shit all over that and just kept it very dark. Um, and then also, Tiger Lily is in this still, which bold move Disney. I'm very interested to see how that's probably not going to pay off and. Probably should have just left that one with the original in the book. So yeah, they, yeah. they, they doubled down on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Makes me nervous. Not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, I'll 
Yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> I have the streaming site, so I'll probably watch it. That's what I got to say about that. My review? Woof. So, yeah. moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Said and done. I really don't have much to say. I just, I hate these Disney live action remakes of, like, there's they've stories they've done so many times. Just, like, I'm so tired of it. I'm so sick of it. It's just, all these just feel like needless, just unnecessary cash grabs that just look terrible. It looks like no one's having a good time. It's like, these are supposed to be, like, fun, heartwarming stories, and they're trying to make them, like, dark, gritty, character-driven dramas. And it's like, they're mm. that's not what we want out of this we'd like just maintain the magic and try to do something different with it if you're going to do another remake of it show us something different but everything i feel like just aside from the jungle book every one of their live action adaptations has just been awful to me or just doesn't even hold a candle to the original movies you know what the best live action adaptation was uh 101 dalmatians not corella 101 dalmatians that was like the 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 best one Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, I'm more so that talking about their, their recent ones, starting with the Jungle Book, like when they no. Just but I'm saying out. they did they somehow did fantastic there, and but then yeah. just and now they're just fucking... like, no, we're just gonna we're just yeah. gonna keep remaking our own movies and not care. <laughs> That's what it yeah, feels like. Exactly. But yeah, this one does, doesn't look much different to me, and it just looks like a misfire, which is a shame because David Lowry is a really great director. But who knows? Maybe it ends up being great. You know, like maybe it's an unexpected surprise, but. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. This trailer uh, doesn't really make, not. But this trailer does not give me good vibes. But anyway, let's move on to our main topic today, and that is Creed Three, the third installment in the Creed franchise, the legacy franchise or sequel franchise rather from uh, the original Rocky movies. It hit theaters this weekend, did super well. This is Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut, and he's also acting in the film, of course, as Adonis Creed. We'll talk generally about it, and then we'll obviously we'll dive into some spoilers. So obviously, if you're watching this or listening to this and you haven't seen Creed 3, be warned. There's going to be some heavy spoilers here. So we said the thing. We said the warning. Now you can't give us any shit. So we're going to drive. We're going to drive. We're going to dive into Creed 3. What did we think about this one generally? Let's start with Andres. What did you think about it? Oof. I mean, as far there, – there's so many levels to really analyze this movie, but – to kind of put it in as fast <laughs> as you possibly can. Yeah, Fantastic directorial debut from Michael B. Jordan. Shockingly very competent, I thought. And then also a really solid entry in not only the Creed franchise, but in the Rocky legacy as a mm-hmm. whole. And, w- and one thing that they truly, truly, truly got right in this movie that I felt that they had not kind of elaborated on with any of the previous movies or not nearly as well as this one did is the antagonism between Creed and between his, between Creed and between the rival, the contender that pops up and Jonathan Majors. I mean, we didn't talk about Ant-Man last week and good rinse on that, but again, Jonathan Majors is a freaking star. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, no, honestly, Top to bottom, I thought it was a, I thought it was a really solid entry in the franchise. Um, a few minor gripes here and there, but overall in the Creed franchise, for me, it's it's so weird because for me, I would kind of place it at number three. But I really like the first Creed movie. 
And oddly enough, a lot of people I know hate that second Creed movie, but I, like I actually really dug uh, Drago coming back. And like, yeah, that was dope. Yeah, I, I thought that was dope for what it is. And like, for me, two and three are kind of like on equal playing grounds. I mean, both have different uh, strengths and different weaknesses, but overall, yeah. this is about as solid of a franchise as it could possibly get. And. The fights are so much more stylized than they've ever been in any, and not only in any any Creed movie, but also in any other Rocky movie or any other movie in the boxing universe. I thought so. Mm-hmm. Kudos to Michael B. Jordan on bringing his own flair into this and making this probably as much of an anime experience yeah. as as anything that's popped up. Like honestly, there's so many like little nods to Dragon Ball Z, little nods to My Hero Academia. And even tiny little nods to like freaking uh, Attack on Titan here and there, and I thought it was I thought it was great all the way through. So, yeah, a lot of fun. Definitely go see it in IMAX. Okay, Nancy. Yeah, this movie was really good. It was a lot more emotional than I anticipated it to be, so uh, that took me by surprise. And definitely a great job by Michael B. Jordan. There were a few little things style-wise that I wasn't a huge fan of, but it was like very, very minor things uh, that wouldn't really bring down uh, the rating of the movie if I have to give it a rating. But overall, the acting was fantastic. Ironically, though, for me, Michael B. Jordan wasn't the strongest in terms of acting uh, compared to the other actors and characters in the movie. Um, but that was fine. But Jonathan Majors was fantastic in this. I was like, whew. I went from rooting for you to really thinking you're an asshole in like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. So good yeah. job. But yeah. yeah, no, this movie was great. Yeah, I mean... Uh, for some reason going into the movie, I don't know why I just had lower expectations. I don't know why it's just the trailers didn't like wow me for this one. So I was kind of like, I'm hoping this movie just surprises me because I love the first two movies. Um, and I really want to see what Michael B. Jordan does behind the camera. And to my surprise, like I really, really enjoyed Creed three. I think it's super solid entry in the Creed franchise. I think I'm with Andres where I think I still like the original Creed movie the best, but it's going to be like a, you know, a duking out between two and three. But I feel like I might give three the edge just because I think there's so much great character work throughout this entire thing. Like I really loved how much it focused on Adonis in this one where I felt like this is the movie where we really get to know him the best out of any of the movies we've seen so far. We learn about his trauma and his past, why he's so afraid of opening up this relationship that he has with, you know, Damien, who's played by Jonathan Majors and their whole backstory, which I thought was fascinating and really like emotionally compelling. And I thought Michael B. Jordan brought his best performance as Creed. In, in this movie. I really felt like he got a lot to do. He had a lot uh, of material to work with, some juicy material, and I thought he crushed it. And his scenes with Jonathan Majors were fucking fantastic in this movie. Like, those two just have, like, this electricity together that is just so perfect. And you they really sell that relationship, and I love their scenes together. And Jonathan Majors is just... It's ridiculous, especially just seeing all these performances in such short succession, you know, popping up in this, popping up in that, and just showing us all these different sides to him, all these different characters he can play so effortlessly. I mean, he's like a stunningly talented actor. And there are some scenes in this movie where, like, Nancy, like, you know, like you said, he goes from being someone who you can really sympathize with, someone who, you know, who seems really likable and kind of down to earth. And then in just, like, one scene, 
he can just come off as a complete piece of shit but be believable and he can sell that jarring transition like probably other actors wouldn't be able to do you know nearly as well but yeah i just overall i just not only is the character work great i thought the boxing scenes were fantastic i thought michael b jordan really directed the shit out of this movie and it's a really impressive debut there's some gorgeous shots in this movie the fight sequences are nice and visceral i love the anime and you know creative choices i know that's not going to be for everybody but i liked how he he didn't do too much of it like he did a little bit of it in the beginning he kind of like teased it a little bit and then he really used it in that final fight between adonis and damien to great effect where it kind of just really focuses on the two in a way that like really emphasizes this conflict between them and that kind of power struggle there that emotional struggle between those two in a way that visually it's really really interesting and just really uh, immersive and it just somehow works like you just wouldn't think that kind of style would work within a boxing environment but i thought it really got me into the fight it made it more powerful and the, i have to say the transition from like the anime visuals back into like the grounded fight was so well done that i was just like wow well done to everybody here like it's just it's a visually impressive emotionally compelling movie and i really think it's probably one of them best balanced in the series so far but yeah but in, ter- in terms of you know spoilers here i guess we can go into some specifics here like what were the things that you loved the most about this movie or maybe scenes that really stood out to you oh i was dying i was like oh he just tanya hardied him like i knew yeah. it was him the second that happened <laughs> i was like oh no and then uh yeah i think that was like ah oh, damn it like he's yeah, he's going to be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. This is just going to get worse from here. I think that was a really good scene of just, you know it's him, but then also Adonis finding out that it's him through the picture with uh, yeah, his mom showing him. Yeah. Oh, it was just like, you could tell it was just so heartbreaking for him. Um, but there's one scene, actually one moment, for some reason got me so emotional, and I didn't expect it to, was... He's fighting dirty in this fight, and he wins, and he just looks over at Adonis like, hey, I won, like, looking oh, for yeah. him to, like, Look for that approval, be yeah. happy with him and yeah. approval, and you can just see it in his face, and I don't know why that just got me so emotional, because it was like, Jonathan oh. Jonathan Majors, man. Jonathan just, Majors. Yeah, just the look on his face, it was so innocent, like, he didn't even acknowledge what he did or realize what he did. It was To him, it was like... I had to do this to get where I am and like, look, it worked. And I, I, I successful now. And he's just looking for his friend to enjoy it with him. And so when he gets denied that, you could just see it on his face of how crushed he is. And that just, I don't know, that got me more emotional than probably any of the other scenes for some reason. It was just, uh, it got me. It's great. Oh no. And, and, and just, and just the other fact that, you know, Adonis had basically thrown, Damien into the mix, not not even as like a contender, but he almost wanted him the job for for uh, for what's his name for um, oh my god for Chavez? the fighter Felix. yeah for, the, for yeah. Felix yeah for Felix yeah. yeah he almost just kind of wanted him the job and just kind of wanted to be like you know what put on a good show but don't beat him or maybe he thought he couldn't beat him and the second that when he beats him like you know like. I mean, like, of course, uh, Felix is on the ground. He's like knocked down and all this other stuff. But again, he's he gets crushed in that moment because the guy who was sticking up for him, uh, you know, the second that that it costs the other guy something and he has something to lose, then he just knows, okay, I'm just a commodity now. So you know what? Uh, 
you 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 act, you act like you act like as if like as if this person has this has this connection to you that you and I have had in the orphanage, right. and now because of the fact that he's hurt, and now because of the fact that this is my moment, and you're not here to celebrate this with me. All right, fine, I'm taking everything, and that's exactly what and that's exactly what he tries to do too. And yeah, oh, goodness, that, no, that that was such a fantastic <laughs> scene. And, and again, like like I was talking about this with Jen after we were done watching the movie. There's so many like small like little moments that Majors just kills in in like a small little look or like a small little moment in, in between him and Adonis. Like yeah. uh, she was talking about this where where um where right after we were done with the movie, we, we were out, we were eating some pizza and stuff like that. And then, you know, the second the second we were just like, you know, we took the straws, we were like, in the same way that in the very beginning, like they just have like this small little moment where where they're like, you know, they're they're there was called they're getting the straws out, out, of, yeah. the, out of the paper. But but like you clearly see in that there's so much character work being done. Whereas, you know, Adonis will just throw it away and then, you know, um, Majors will just take that thing and crush it and just throw it out. And it's like, oh, like there's so much character being given in all these small little moments all the way through. And it was just it really just shows you that an actor was behind the camera with this movie entirely. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like Jonathan Majors, especially in this movie, he reminded me a lot of Tom Hardy in Warrior. Like, the, yeah. just, the, just like the way, especially when he's in the boxing scenes or the way he's carrying himself, where like just a very like wily, unpredictable performance where like I just got shades of Tom Hardy so much throughout it, which is why I love the performance so much, because it was just he never knew what he was going to do. He never know how he was going to say a certain line, but just like everything was just like pitch perfect and so unpredictable and surprising. That's what I really love about him as an actor. Yeah. Just like you can never really pinpoint what he's going to do. Do or where he's going to take a character, and it's just so interesting to watch. Yeah, and, and even especially with uh, Tommy Conlon and Warrior, I mean, like Tom Hardy, like the way the director described that performance, I think is very applicable to the way that Major sort of plays it, where it's like, you know, Tom Hardy has this really rough exterior, scary guy. But then when you really look at him, he's just the scared little boy. And that's essentially everything that Majors is because yeah. because the one because, again, he's not he's not coming to I mean in the very beginning. He's coming to Adonis like, hey, man, can you can you hook me up? You know, it's like you got to live the dream that I was I was in full effect about to live. And the second that you beat up this dude, all that got thrown away from me because you ran as well, too. Like, you know, he, he's kind of calling for a favor and he's like, that's not the way it works. But he's not asking for 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 a reason why you can't have it. He's just asking for a favor. But the second that the favor is not returned, he's like, well, you know what? I'm going to twist things in my own hands. Let's get it done. And it shows you just exactly how nefarious he can get at certain points and just what bounds he doesn't have in any way whatsoever, which I think makes him a perfect antagonist for for Adonis in so many ways, shape in so many ways, shape and forms. But yeah, but yes, yeah, so, so much really like, good stuff did, to talk. <laughs> I was like, really? He just ran away from the police like that? They didn't like, he probably would have been shot or like chased down. <laughs> I was like, how is he? They're like mm. pointing their guns at him. And all of a sudden he's like, bye. And then just like takes off running. I was like, what the fuck? How did he get away? Yeah. It was a different time in 2002, right? <laughs> <laughs> was it though? <laughs> everything was everything was far calmer. Sam Raimi's Spider Man was still sweeping the box office at that point. Ah, yes, um, wow. the good old go. days. Movie release dates, <laughs> but 
But I gotta say though, go for it. No, go for it. Oh, oh no, I was, I, was about, I was about to say, I want to talk about one scene really quickly, and it's probably my favorite scene out of the entire movie, is when Adonis's mother passes. That's a good scene, yeah. Oh, and that hurt. That, that <sighs> hurts so much in just even the small little moment where, like, all of a sudden, she stops calling him Adonis and starts calling him Apollo. Oh, that was and then just, so Because yeah, he looks, because, like, you know, again, Michael B. Jordan looks pretty much exactly like Apollo Creed in that, in that original movie. And then just the moment where he's like, listen, you were so angry. You got to let it go. Adon- Adonis taught me to let go. Because of the fact that I raised Adonis, it allowed me to forgive you. And I was like... Oh my God, that's that's just hitting all the right feels at that point. And B. Jordan in that moment is so perfect, and plays mm. that to a T. And I just thought that was truly one of one of the, if not my, yeah, it was my favorite scene in the entire movie. I mean, come on, I'm the, who 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 we who we who we dicking around here? Yeah, that's my favorite scene. <laughs> dicking yeah. around, yeah. Who well, we dicking around? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but real quick before you go on, Tom, I do I, I, I do I do want to mention one thing. I do want to mention one thing. We're on a clock. Yeah, we're, 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 on, we're on a clock. I do want to mention one thing real quick, and then we'll what? move on. What the, the, the relationship between the relationship between Adonis and his daughter? I don't think yeah, it's yeah. talked about enough. That's well. great. I love that. Was one of so, my favorite yeah. parts of the movie. I mean, I th- I mean, they're clearly trying to maybe like set up like her being the next fighter yeah. and like having her own franchise. Which, I mean, yeah, like they su- the they're subtly they're subtly doing that. But I also kind of love like how Adonis is kind of bickering with his wife about how we know like she doesn't want her to not be able to protect herself, but she doesn't want her daughter to think that fighting is always the answer. Meanwhile, Adonis is just like, well, I want to teach her to fight because I want her to be able to not have to just be like a doormat to bullies and everything. And I thought that was really interesting dynamic for them to play and that relationship he has with his daughter. So, so like warm and fun and the fact that, you know, his daughter's deaf and, you know, he has to learn how to sign and everything. And that like, that's so well established and lived in by the time the movie starts is great. And I just Mm -hmm. loved, loved those scenes. Um, But yeah, I love their, their relationship there. And the thing I loved about Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan majors in this movie, like one of my favorite bits is just, yeah, they have that rough exterior. They have that, you know, those chips on their shoulders. But then you give him little moments like Adonis with his, you know, mom as she's dying, where he becomes that like scared little boy again. And it's just a beautiful part of his performance. Or when, you know, Jonathan Majors in the ring, he wins that fight and he wants that approval from his best friend isn't getting it. And you see that heartbreak on his face like he looks like a little child and like he looks like he's kind of just back, you know, being that kid again. And it's just the way they're able to kind of peel that back every now and again and show the little boy underneath both of them i just thought that was amazing it just i just think out of all the creed movies so far like this one had the best antagonist uh depth for sure you know for the most of the movie and even toward the end when you know he was being a dick it's like you kind of understand why he's being a dick toward adonis yeah. because adonis what is not innocent here you know he did a shitty thing you know like he could have checked in with his friend yeah his mom kept those letters from him but he could have easily you know visited him in jail or wrote him some letters or you know just checked in with him you know he, they were best friends so yeah adonis wasn't entirely clean there so like you kind of understand why you know um damien has that chip on his shoulder why he has that beef with Adonis and I just loved how fleshed out he was because it wasn't just a typical antagonist and those first two Creed movies they're not really 
fleshed out all that much. But in this one, like you really understand both sides and it's felt like the most personal movie yet, which I think is fantastic. And I think that's why in a lot of ways, I just think this movie has the best balance out of all the three Creed movies where I just felt like it had the great character work, but it also had fantastic boxing scenes. So it gives you like best of both worlds. And I didn't miss Rocky. Let's talk about that. Like Rocky is not in this movie. Sylvester Stallone is not in Creed 3. There are a couple places where I thought, okay, maybe if he was in this movie, this is probably where I would place him, but I didn't miss him. I didn't think he needed to be in the movie, and I was happy that Adonis finally got to have his own film and stand on his own two feet, which I think he does effortlessly. Yeah, I think, um, well, to your point, uh, going back a little bit, uh, that's where I I really like the scene at the end where they're talking to each other after the fight where Adonis is saying, like, yeah, I I could have written you or called you and you know that i made a mistake and that's my fault and i love that jonathan majors turns around and basically says the same thing that his wife was saying earlier of like yeah but it's not your fault that i ended up where i'm at you know i made he made other decisions as he said like he he got time tacked on because of things that he was doing and other decisions that he made so you know the acknowledgement that like okay, we both fucked up here. You know, no one's, it's no one's fault in terms of where we are now. So I really like that moment. Um, In terms of Rocky being missing, I think it was a little bit easier for me because I didn't see uh, Creed 2. So it was, Ah. uh, you know, (laughs) kind of got used to him not being there. Um, But yeah, there wasn't a moment where I was like, oh yeah, they should have had him in here. Like he's, he's really needed in this scene. Obviously, I'm sure if, uh, they wanted him to be in it. I'm sure that there was probably moments they could have found um, him to be in. But also him not being in it, is it a choice? Or I kind of heard... I, I like, heard that he wasn't producer. in it because of creative differences. That's what they... Okay, that's what... Cre- yeah. Creative differences and also just, again, studio politics in the worst way possible with you know producers not wanting to, not wanting to pay a certain amount. But, you know, gotcha. but the thing is that even if this is the Creed franchise, Apollo Creed was created by Sylvester Stallone, and everything going forward from that is an extension of that. And honestly, this franchise belongs to Stallone, whether we like it or not. We don't have a Creed franchise without Stallone. We don't have Rocky without Stallone. So yeah. honestly, it's it's one of those things where I kind of missed him a little bit. And like having watched... All right, so Jen had not seen any of the Creed movies before today. Before today, So we had decided to basically marathon one, two, and then go see three today. And Rocky is such an intrinsic part of that story. And then also, like, it feels like, like he's sort of like the grounded heart of the movies. And then to sort of not have him in this one kind of feels like we, we, we miss a little bit of that, a little bit of that secret sauce that makes Creed what it is. Which, to me, is one of the weaknesses of the third film. But, truthfully, I missed him to a certain extent. Because, I mean, I think at this point in their relationship, they would have probably... I mean, I mean Sly would have... I mean, Rocky would have come out and would have said at least something to him. Or well, it, I think just, Rocky would have been at his mom's funeral. That was like the one exactly. scene. Exactly. That, like yeah. that was like the one scene where I was like, it feels weird that Rocky's not here. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like other scenes, okay, maybe you could pluck <laughs> like him in, in there. But, like, the funeral, I was like, this is where, like, Rocky should have his scene, you know, to say something that really kind of, like, registers and hits home with him, like, at a vulnerable time like that. Like, that would have been a perfect way to put him in the movie, just a little bit. 
I feel like it would have been like Mighty Ducks 3. You know how Gordon Bombay is like not in most of the movie and then Hans dies and then he comes back and then he gives like an uplifting speech and like gets him back on track. Like that would have been, that's how they should have gone with it. I mean, if he had been able to be in the movie, you know? Yeah. He he still got the producer credit for it, which to me. I was going to say, yeah, he still produced it. (laughs) Which, 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 which was so funny because knowing all the behind the scenes drama with this movie, especially with Sly Stallone. It's like, yeah, he got the producer credit, but, you know, that doesn't mean... Sometimes it doesn't mean anything in this industry, unfortunately. (laughs) It means he gave money, probably, and that was it. That was probably about it. (laughs) But with... Do you think... Let's say that they do, I don't know, figure it out, and then they're all in agreement, and blah, blah, blah. Do you think it would be worth him if they make another one, him coming back? Or do you think, because he isn't in this one, it's a good time to start transitioning you know, away from having Rocky in these films and like, okay, we're just going, going full Creed now. I think the box office is spoken for itself in the fact that this is simultaneously the biggest opening for, for, for the Creed franchise, but not only for the Creed franchise, but for the Rocky franchise as a whole. So money talks at the end of the day. So I, with the success that this has gotten, I think we're going to go down a road where we're not going to have any more Rocky, unfortunately. I know, like, but my question is, is like, someone, I think I read somewhere that they actually already greenlit a fourth Creed movie and that they're already, like, in the works with it. And I just want to know, in my mind, like, what do you guys think? Where could they go for a fourth movie? Like, like I feel like this felt like such a good ending to his story. Yeah. Like, he retired. I'm telling you, I feel like they're going to start going, like, the whole, like, next Karate Kid way of, like, it's going to be. But then, like, there would have to be, like, such a like time a jump. Like, she would, or... we'd have to at least jump, like, eight to ten yeah. years and then i don't want to see like michael b jordan like old man makeup like come on right exactly <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to i don't want to do that i feel like they're gonna have like a female boxer though i feel like that's just i don't know i just feel like that they're gonna next karate kid it and be like let's throw in a female in there that's the only next step we can think of i hope they don't do that oh. just because it's so predictable i don't want to be on like, twitter well, for when that when that freaking happens exactly oh my, my God. you're telling um, me you want a freaking female boxer this isn't rocky yeah. this isn't great this is you remember all the talk when when the first Cree oh trailer came God. out where they were just like oh so you're gonna have uh rocky pass the torch over to apollo creed's son and it's like yeah that makes a ton of sense guys and yeah. also that's a fascinating story to tell and and again, I, um, again with all the accolades that all these movies have gotten, like I, I, I think I think we're okay having them gone down the road that they did. But yeah. I think my the- thing is like if it makes sense and it's a good story, then yeah, I do it. But if you're just gonna throw in a female boxer just to be like, let's just make it female now, then like that, I'm like, okay, let's let's actually come up with like a good reason for doing this or like a good story behind it. Oh yeah, and and even and even after we were done with Creed two, like people thought the franchise was done after the second Creed movie, where they're like, okay, they they got the rematch with Victor Drago, and that's the story we all wanted to see. Where do we go from here? And this is a completely, completely original story for the franchise. And you know, again, all the none of us here are saying it's a bad story in any way, shape, or form. But cut back to like two or three years ago when this was just in the blink of the eye or something like that. Like this. This this turned out so great that I fully have confidence in the writing team. And if Kugler is still involved, I, I want to see whatever stories they want they want to tell going forward. And again, Kugler does have 
Ryan Coogler does have a, um, a story by credit in this, and that dude knows story front to back. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I think he agrees. I think I agree. Uh, no, you guys have never seen Do you Storks. Concur? <laughs> no. Oh, Sorry. Damn. I think I started watching it because you recommended it. And oh, I just, my. What do I, there's it. like Key and Peele. They, they voice these, uh, yeah. these wolves, and they just have the most hilarious back and forth. Where so, like, when one of the wolves says something, one of them just goes, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. It's, it's, it's so fucking funny. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Man, you must be tired, huh? Are we boring you? I'm sorry. Super boring. Super boring. <laughs> Unbelievable. But Listen, uh, is I there, just is came there... out of the high of freaking Creed three, so you know this is this. Is... <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, now you're crashing. We get it. We understand. Yeah. Is there anything that about this movie you guys like didn't really care for? I feel like we haven't really touched on that yet. Um, like I was saying, just very minor things. I think for me, the final boxing scene, uh, when it pulls away the audience. Um, it goes into that. I really liked it. I think just for me, it just went on a little bit too long. And I completely forgot that Michael B. Jordan had directed this until the end of the movie when I saw it on the credits. I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, I turned to Craig and I was like, that makes sense why that boxing scene was that way. Because I feel like a lot of times when someone is a new director, they try to make it like a little artsy or like try to do something different. In this case, it worked. I really did like it. It just went on a little tad long for me. Um, and the other like very minor gripe I had was I feel like they didn't really need him to, uh, play dirty or box dirty in his first match because he was a really good fighter. It almost felt like, well, then everything after this isn't going to be really good because he had to fight dirty in order to win. But when he does fight, um, Adonis, then he's, he's actually really good and almost beats him. Um, so to me, I wanted to be able to root for him a little bit still. And I felt like that kind of tipped it over the edge. I was just like, eh, okay, I don't really have too much to root for him now because he tiny hardied someone and then he, <laughs> and then he fought dirty and then he's talking all this shit about his family. Uh, so he just went, again, he went from like kind of likable to like full villain very quickly. So I, that just small part, I feel like I could have done without. Okay. Mm. All right. I can get behind it. I can get behind it. Andres, how about you? Anything for you? Any thorns? Mm. Honestly, there were certain choices in this. I mean, this is all very nitpicky at the very most, but it felt like a very first-time director thing to do, which is there's not a lot of this. Like, I don't recall a lot of establishing shots in this movie. Like, everything about this just kind of felt like directly in your face and there was no sense of breathing room with some of the framing, but that is a minor thing at the very most. Um, I thought uh, I, I, I would I would have chosen more more sequences to have been filmed in IMAX personally, because what this movie did no no because what this movie did so well uh, what an upper was, class problem yes <laughs> I would have liked no, to but, enjoy it more in my IMAX theater if I do say so myself <laughs> take drink a little no, tea <laughs> but but what, what this what this movie what this movie really did more than all the other Creed movies is that this one really brought a level of subjectivity to mm. Adonis to his point of view that those moments where where like he's recalling the flashbacks I thought. That would have been something really, really great to see um, 
shot in that format because it is something that's so vivid to him and it's something that's that's laser focused for him to give that perspective to the audience as much as the fights do. I thought I thought that would have been an interesting choice or I think that would have probably have benefited the movie a little more. But again, it's it's a minor nitpick. There's not much that I really did enjoy apart from the fact that Sly wasn't there. And honestly, there's so many really great moments with Sly and they still managed to fit him in the last two movies. And I kind of feel that ever since the first Creed, like I was watching it with Jen and Jen had literally said, you know, I didn't get exactly why so many people were saying he should have gotten nominated for an Oscar. It just felt like the whole Top Gun Maverick thing right now where it's like, it should win Best Picture, it should win Best Picture. It's just a whole bunch of people just saying it because it's a legacy franchise and because right. it's a legacy character. But then, like, like I like I looked over at her and I asked her, oh, what did you think of his performance? He's like, that's the best he ever was. And I'm like, yep, I absolutely yep. agree. That He that got he robbed. Was, he got robbed He got year. so robbed. Got so robbed. But I don't know. But honestly, like, yeah, I would have loved to see Sly in this movie. I missed him. I missed him a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I mean, really, like, I mean, the only issue I really had with the movie, and this is just kind of an issue I have with just a lot of sports movies and just, you know, these Rocky movies in general, just they're very predictable, just of, like, what story beats we're going to hit, where we're going to end up, what characters are going to do. Like, there's not really a ton of surprises. Like, I, I enjoy the fact that we had a more personal story and that, you know, we got to flesh that out and see different shades to Adonis here. But I do feel like when it came to, like, the boxing movie formula, they did not stray from it at all. You know, you got the montage in there. You got the, oh, well, he lost this one, but now he's going to win this one. Or, oh, he get, almost got knocked out, but we know he's going to get back up and, like, do this. Like It's just yeah. like there's a lot of those tropes that they hit and they don't really deviate from. So that's always a little bit disappointing. And, and it's also tropes that have been brought forward in previous Rocky movies. I mean, like, this had so many echoes to Rocky V with Tommy the Gun. I mean, as unpredictable of a character as he was, and with uh, Rocky mentoring him as well and going to bat for him when everyone else is going, no, this kid has a chip on his shoulder. What are you doing? Like, yeah, mm -hmm. it's... Uh, again, it's echoes, but is it bad? No, not at all. It's just, you know... It's, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, yeah. But it's something you reminded me of, I think it actually might be like my favorite visual bit in the movie because I just thought like, you know, uh, oh. it, um, it was a great, great artistic choice by Michael B. Jordan that it, it honestly broke my heart seeing it. It was the thing that affected me the most emotionally was like when he's doing that whole anime sequence or whatever and he's kind of making it look visually, you know, uh, like anime style. There's this one moment that is so beautiful where they're both at the corners of the ring and like you see the camera shaking and it like shakes the other person into like the child version of themselves. So like when you see Adonis looking oh, at Damien, yeah. the camera shakes and all of a sudden Damien turns into child Damien and then vice versa where Adonis turns into, you know, child Adonis. And it's such a, like a heartbreaking visual that I think is so perfectly done where it just makes you realize, no, these are two like childhood friends who are beating the shit out of each other and you could tell neither of them likes it. It's heartbreaking for the both of them. But just seeing that visual, you know, that, you know, mm -hmm. back and forth visual, I just thought was so well done and it broke my heart and it was so effective. I think that was my favorite little directorial choice by Michael B. Jordan for the movie. And the oh, yeah, mattress my in the corner, I think, too. I don't know if you guys caught that. Um, the what? There's one more. The, the mattress in the corner. Did you guys oh, catch that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mattress when he pushes the 
Yeah, when, when they're when, doing when the boxing yeah. and he they, the audience pulls away, when he's uh, punching him, he like pins him up against the corner, and then there's the mattress there. And oh, it was okay. um, it, it was the same in the flashback scene. I think he has like a mattress or something to protect himself because the uh, the group home dad is like beating right, on him. Right, he's beating on him. Yeah, mm. gotcha. yeah, yeah. And, great and stuff. Just, and, and, and again, just those tiny little flourishes from B. Jordan and also just – it just shows that he truly has some talent behind the camera as well. But probably one of my favorite little visual bits as well is right when Adonis comes to uh, Damien right before his first fight and he goes, yeah, man, go out there. Go go out there and show him what you can do. And then there's that moment where he's walking out towards, towards the exit and then you see the two shot of both of them. They're both separated by a wall and at the exact same time oh, they, oh, they look, look at, at each, each other. other. Yeah, that's a great they, freaking shot. They, I love they that. They look at each other and I, I, I literally looked over at Jen and I was like, that's going to be a Mondo poster and I'm going to get that. <laughs> that's going to be a Mondo yeah. poster. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a great little moment. I think when that happened in my theater, someone was like, ooh. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, okay. I, I guess I guess uh, that jived with that person. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I love that. I love that shot. Beautiful, beautiful shot. But let's, you know, out of five pints, what are we giving this one? Let's, let's narrow it down, people. Out of five, what are we doing? I'll give it four. Yeah, I'm also at a four. I'm out of four pints. Four pints. Four pints. <laughs> four pints yeah. out of five. You've heard it here, folks. But Across of course, the board. Yeah. So if you guys yeah. have seen Creed 3, let us know in the comments what you thought of it, where you fall on it, what you would give it out of five pints. We want to know. Let us know. And of course, let us know what you thought of the trailers we talked about on today's show. Hope you enjoyed today's show. And of course, before we go, we got to let you know where you can find us all on the interwebs. Nancy, where can the fine people find you these days? PL underscore Band-Aid on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, leave comments. I love the comments. And also, even though it doesn't relate to the show, please put in the comments if you know the difference between a diaphragm and a menstrual cup. Because clearly, <laughs> my co-hosts do not. <laughs> and what? I will never let you guys let it go. Hey, Wait, I did not what? comment on it. No, she's, she's talking about when you were talking about The Last of Us on our show. And when she finds the... Uh, the menstrual cup you said it was like oh. a diaphragm and i didn't I say anything in my defense <laughs> i just kind of nodded <laughs> in defense mm, should have corrected know, i'm just but anyway that's what she's referring to but anyway andres yes. where can the people find you <laughs> so, go, but, so for everyone else go watch i'm gonna plug for you go watch clicker oh, okay. and Flutter. There so you that you guys will know what I'm talking about. Exactly. You, you can join in on her scoring. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. See, 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 wait, 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 when someone, when someone else plugs the show that you're in, man, I, I just, I just got a real Tom vibe just right there. It's like, ah, oh, so that's what that feels like when someone plugs the show for you first. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but hopefully, hopefully we can get that back up and running uh, very soon, and we'll have our next episode, which is episode. Is it two episode thing? It's episodes yeah, seven, seven and eight. Yeah. Seven and eight, and then the next episode, which will be next week, will be the season finale. So hopefully, we'll get that shot very soon, and uh, we'll get that out to you as soon as possible. And then you can also catch me as Galagost on Twitter, and you can also catch me as Galagost on Instagram, and. As Nancy mentioned before, clicker in the bloater. There you go. <laughs> wow, you forgot your Twitch handle. Wow, Andres. Wow. Wow, wow. You can find me as Owen Wilson. No. <laughs> 
He's like, so I don't care about that anymore. So you don't care. He's like, Twitch. All right. All right. I said, Tom, why don't you go plug in where people can find you? Okay. All right. Well, he doesn't care about Twitch anymore. I tried to be a good friend. That's whatever. But if you want to find me on the interwebs, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Chattelbash. And you can find me on Facebook and YouTube at Chattelbash Reviews. And of course, you can find me and Andres on a clicker and a bloater where we talk about The Last of Us. Um, we do uh, episode by episode mostly. Sometimes we do some double episodes if our schedules uh, conflict, which has happened a couple of times. But you know what? Life is crazy. It's, it's a wild, wild ride, and we just got to adapt. But, yeah, that's where you can find me. That's where you can find them. And I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. And tune in in a couple weeks where we have a brand new episode of Film on Tap where we've got the tab. We'll see you guys.